They say 2000 party over. Oops, out of time. So tonight, I'm going to party like it's 1999. Why? Lampard, Campbell, Scalzi and Cole. This is the Totally Football League show. Can we just say, though, as perfectly written as that was... Balls to it all. Tennis balls to it in honour of Bolton and you, Joe Crilly, our number one seed on this particular story from William Hill. Not least because you're a Bolton fan. Awful goings-on still at Bolton. The fans protesting. Not that the fans are awful. Tennis balls thrown on the pitch in their latest defeat. Yep. And in front of the TV cameras, it was uh, clearly off-the-field matters that were taking primary focus rather than matters on the pitch. Don't say any more on it because I need to bring the other two in first. But well done on that. Well punctuated. Uh, he's ace, Adrian Clark. You see, I gave the eyes to Sam. It was delivered the I ace appreciate it. Thank you. Game set and match. And Mr Topspin, Sam Parkin, is also here. Hello. Right, you can continue now, Joe. I've introduced them. I don't want to now. Oh, all right. Very much like the Bolton Thrones, throwing everything out of the pram, although they are right to do so. So this was Bolton nil West Brom 2, 4,000 up to 4,000 Bolton supporters. You weren't one of them. I'm not saying you wouldn't have been had you been able to. Uh, they were outside the ground before kickoff. Concerns about Ken Anderson again. And then during the game, the tennis balls get lobbed on the pitch. I was uh, kind of keeping abreast of things yesterday whilst I was at my uh, swanky black tie event and unfortunately I was sat next to a West Brom fan who was keeping me abreast of what was going on on the pitch uh, whilst I was more interested in in the protest but it, it's more of the same I mean we've we've gone over this ground many many times before so yeah. it's just a continuation of the apathy and the malaise uh, which the fans feel uh, within the club and um, it's finally reached a point whereby the, the fans feel the need to, to start protesting the owners now whereas it was just so a uh, as Ken Anderson called it, a minority on social media. You could see from the videos that it clearly isn't a minority. And West Bromwich Albion fan TV posted a video of, uh, at one point, somebody trying to get a banner out in the, the Bolton Wanderers home end and a couple of the stewards just absolutely piling into him. So they're clearly under the uh, directive from the, the board that people aren't allowed to protest inside the stadium, but a few tennis balls and, uh, and a couple of banners later, I, I think, the the point was made. Yeah, there's so much in this, not least one of our own, as it were, the summariser at BBC Radio Manchester. Great of Bolton not being allowed in. There was the tennis balls. There was the protest. What else do you do? We've spoken about this before, Sam, that you've been at clubs where it's been frustration for the fans. over. They can't talk to the board, so where do they go from there? Well, it's very tricky. Yeah, the John McGinley thing last week doesn't get much lower than that. I think he was voted the second best player in Bolton's history a few years ago. Obviously an outstanding player in uh, a really rosy period for the club and it's um, completely the other end of, end of the spectrum now for them. So uh, He was at the protest outside, I think, yeah, wasn't he as well? I think he spoke to some radio stations yeah. and did a bit as well. You hope that they find an owner and you hope that Ken Anderson does sell if someone comes in with the money. Uh, and the picture looks a bit rosier for them on the pitch. I mean, Phil Parkinson will do his utmost, as he has done over his tenure. It's looking really tricky because they just look toothless. Mm. I suppose with Christian Deutsch now gone as well, mm. it's difficult to see where the goals are going to come from to keep them in the division. On the pitch then, that win for West Brom 2-0 at Bolton all means that essentially Leeds, top despite losing Norwich win, still second, but a point behind our West Brom in third. Three points behind in the race of the automatic promotion places and Sheffield United, they failed to capitalise. They had a 1-0 defeat at Swansea, means they're fourth. At the other end, no change. Ipswich manager Paul Lambert paying out of his own pocket for away fans to travel to Blackburn. They lost 2-0 defeats for Reading. And Bolton, Rotherham and Wigan means, well, pff, nothing really changing down the bottom. Do you want to talk about on the pitch in the West Brom 2-0 win? I did manage to catch the highlights when I got, well, I say highlights. I managed to catch the lowlights when I got in last night. It looked like a, a spot of um, bad officiating in the first half, 1-1 to both teams. Uh, I, I think there was a hint of offside for Jay Rodriguez's goal as he runs towards the ball. He nods it over the line uh, on pretty much the goal line but yeah. when he starts his run just inside the six yard box he looked like he was uh, it was marginal and the, the linesman was on the other side but it looked like he was offside but what was more astounding is how he missed Taylor's handball uh, for Bolton Wanderers the ball was blasted at him and he he kind of dived and went to chest it but completely misjudged it and it hit him halfway up his arm and that was right in front of the linesman without any uh, obstruction so one apiece on the, the, the bad calls there I think on the the basis of the game I think West Brom 
just about deserved it. But Sam Johnson was called into action a couple of times as well. A couple of decent chances for Bolton Wanderers. But uh, they, they won ugly. And as loath as I am to bring out a cliche, uh, when you're winning ugly and getting the results, it's the, the mark of a, a team that, that could potentially go up. I kind of butchered that cliche a little bit. But. No, no, no. I, I went winning ugly and then... Turned to, and then, now I'm saying turn to Sam, which is awful, and I didn't mean that. Thanks. <laughs> no, um, just, just from a West Brom's perspective, I think to really see their automatic credentials, I think they've been there all season, that said, but yeah. having lost Harvey Barnes and Phillips is out at the moment as well, that could have an enormous impact. So it was a big result for them yesterday. A couple of young lads doing the business, Sam Field getting the second goal, and Harper had a, a really good game. I think he was the man of the match. So some opportunities for some younger players but I think having lost well Barnes we said it last week that could have an enormous impact and they're not looking for me as strong as they were a month ago Let's bring another voice in on this not just Bolton but 52 other clubs that he's played for too Stephen Warnock joins us although we've spoken a lot about Bolton Stephen your kind of thoughts on the club at the moment the the fans and their reaction last night throwing the tennis balls on there's a little bit of desperation there yeah, there is. I think uh, the club's in a little bit of a mess at the moment. I think there's, rightly so, there's fans not happy with the, the situation of the club, players not getting paid at certain times. And it's not good enough for a football club when you uh, when new owners come in, you're expecting um, sort of money to be put into the right areas of the club and the club, the club to progress forward. I think we see it on too many occasions at, at the moment where the owners that come in aren't fit for uh, fit for the the purpose of running the football club and I think Bolton are, are struggling uh, with that that situation at the moment so I feel for for the fans I also feel for the players as well because when when you're a player and you're signing at a club you you don't sometimes know what you're actually going into and I think uh, the situation's it's getting out of control and I, I worry about the football club Stephen, being a former left-back and a very good one at that as well, um, I wanted to get your take on Leeds United's Jack Clark. What would it have been like facing him and why is he having such success, I suppose, in his, his maiden season in the Championship? I think there's a bit of uh, a couple of things. I think he's a bit of an unknown. I think people think he's uh, they see him as a, a schoolboy, if you like, a, a young child coming onto the pitch. They think they can out-muscle him and they can outwit him. The thing that surprises me about him is he's one of these players where you think you know what he's going to do, but he keeps on doing it over and over again. And you think that's a fluke the first time and the second time, but he keeps on doing it. But we, I was actually talking uh, on a show about him the other day about why he's, he's he's so good. I think it's his speed over two or three yards. He's absolutely electric. And you, you think you can read him down the line, but he's got that change of pace that's so quick that even though you've read him, you can't get get close to him, um, which is so difficult to defend against. He actually reminds me of Aaron Lennon. When Aaron Lennon first broke on the scene, he had exactly the same type of electric speed. But he just looks like he's he's just coming into the team fresh and enjoying himself. And Bielsa's just given him that freedom to, to go and express himself. And obviously, when you come into a team that's winning as well and doing so well, I think it, it, it becomes easier because there's no pressure on your shoulders um, and I think it, he said it the other day he's just a young lad from Leeds who wants to play for Leeds United and wants to enjoy himself so um, I think he's going to cause havoc in the championship for the rest of the season anyway I think that's, that's definitely uh, one of the, the main things that we've we took out the last few weeks of watching him Yeah definitely I've been really impressed with him out and out winger the perfect supply line I think for Kimo Roof who, who loves to attack those those balls across the 18 yard box um, so now I'm really impressed by Jack Clark as well talking about players with, with turns of pace um, Ashley Cole uh, legendary left back of course um, might not be as quick as he used to be but he can still do a good job for Derby County can't he what, what do you make of this acquisition I for one feel it's kind of right player for the right time yeah well me and Ashley Cole have got 109 England caps between us <laughs> and I've got 107 and I've got two so I mean we've done alright haven't we yeah no, he's, uh, I think for, for Derby I think he's, he's a great sign and I think the experience he brings, Frank Lampard knows him, so he knows what he's bringing into the team. Whether he's going to play every single week will be, we, we have to wait and see because you see, you've got to see how fit he, he still is uh, at that level. I think he's obviously been in America for the last couple of years now. and I, I don't think people give credit 
for how fit you have to be for the MLS. That's one of the fittest leagues that you'll come across. The, the standard of any American player that comes across to England, one thing that they never struggle at is the fitness side of the game. So he'll be ultra fit. His experience of, of being a winner, of playing at the highest level, that's what Frank will be bringing him in for as well, to, to be in and around the team for that, that last little push to try and get them into the playoff positions and, and maintain that towards the end of the season. They've got a lot of great players, the likes of Harry Wilson, Mason Mount and players like that, who just need that that guidance on the pitch at certain times when the goal gets tough. I think that's where they've struggled a little bit is just how to see games out when it's going really tough is how to organise the team and dig out a result and Ash will bring that. You obviously played for Burton towards the end of your your illustrious career and worked under Nigel Clough. How does he motivate the players against Man City knowing that they're 9-0 down already? <laughs> Good question. I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can really motivate the players for it as in to sort of say, listen, you're going to get a, a win, you're going to get a result. I think the only thing you can do is, is go out and try and salvage a little bit of pride, put on a, a display that sort of gives you something back from the 9-0 loss. I think it's one of them. Nigel Clough obviously spoke about it the other day when the draw came out. They knew that they were on a hard into nothing. It was just what score would it be. And that's very difficult at times to, to try and motivate the players knowing that you're trying to give them information but you know at the deep down at the back of your mind is that it's going to be one of the toughest games you're going to face. I think if the, if the tie had been the other way round and Burton had faced Man City at Burton first time, I think his mindset would have been completely different. But because it was at the Etihad, that was the toughest thing for him. But the game tomorrow night, it depends what, what team Manchester City put out as well. I'd expect a lot of youngsters to go into the team because it's an opportunity for Pep to give his, his senior players a little bit of a rest before the weekend's FA Cup tie. Talking of a rest, we're going to let you go. Stephen, thanks for coming on. Cheers, thanks for having me. Oh, oh one last one. Ashley Cole's 38 or 37. Who's signing you? Oh, no one. <laughs> Not at all. I'm done. I've had enough. <laughs> all right, all right. And that's just of us. Uh, Stephen Warnock, what an absolute delight. Thanks for coming on. Take care. Cheers, thank you. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Stephen Warnock joining us to talk all sorts of things there. He, he mentioned Harry Wilson, his record for Hull and Derby in the Championship. 35 appearances, 31 starts, 5 assists, 17 goals. He's been involved in 22 goals his last 35 appearances this level, 9 goals in his last 14 for Derby. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll, they'll miss him, won't they? Because yeah. he's not their player. So no matter what happens uh, at the end of this season, they're, they're very unlikely to, to be able to keep Harry Wilson. But yeah, he's been a star. Great acquisition. Um, whoever, whether it was Frank or a member of his staff that, that earmarked him, that was a good call. 2-1 win over Reading for Derby. I think they'll make the playoffs. It's, it's then just kind of where they end up. But I don't know if anything shifted, Joe, after this weekend with, with the playoffs and promotion push. A little mention on some of the other scores from the weekend. Stoke 2 Leeds won a very unlike Nathan Jones setup, which many have pointed to as, as being the reason why perhaps they overdid Bielsa because he'd watched all his other games at, at Luton, which were nothing like he saw for Stoke at the weekend. Yeah, well, I think we continue to learn about Nathan Jones because we were probably, everyone was a bit presumptuous that he would go and play a diamond and to try and replicate what he did at Luton. So to find out a way of getting one over Bielsa, he deserves credit changing the system. You know, in, looking into that, Ashley Williams, who's been quite maligned this season, him mm. and Joe Allen have played that system a lot for Wales. So that's a positive uh, moving forward. Sat deep, allowed Leeds to have the ball and obviously broke, got the goals. A lot of fist pumping and banging the badge at full time. I think endeared himself to the Stoke supporters. So, you know, we we felt it was a great appointment and what a great way to start in front of the home fans. Yeah, absolutely. No, he needed it, that's for sure, after two, two defeats at the outset. But no, it was... Uh, yeah, he he will look back on it as a tactical masterclass. It, it worked, and and fair play to him for thinking on his feet because he probably wouldn't have had a lot of time to work with the team on that three five two 
Especially, I would imagine it had been quite a last-minute decision. He, he basically freestyled with it and thought, I'm going to do something that might flummox Leeds. Even if it flummoxes my own players a little bit, it's worth that risk. And uh, I think you have to admire him for that. And, and, and Joe Allen, glad you mentioned him. I mean, this, this guy at Stoke might be in pretty average form, but he, he's been banging in some really important goals lately. I think he's uh, he could be the key man moving forwards. I think that's a really good point, that he was probably under pressure to come up with something with 48 hours to go. Yeah. And, and he did it and he, they pulled it off. You know, obviously you're relying on the, the players to carry out your instructions, but fantastic to do that. With everything that had gone in the week leading up to it, he had to react uh, and he did brilliantly to get the win. Um, Campbell going in for his, his first start as well. Um, I think it's Kevin Campbell's son, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. And he got two against Shrewsbury in the, in the week, so deserves his start and getting rave reviews from the Stoke supporters. So it might not just be about a phobie coming good. Berahino again getting consistent goals got someone else now yeah it doesn't look out of place at all and that after the result for Norwich I mean they're going into it slightly a little bit under pressure but Norwich just a point behind them to um, Norwich fairly decent win for them on Friday night oh yeah it was professional wasn't it no problem at all yeah yeah, they saw them I saw them off nice and early good football again the fullbacks caught the eye for me so um, yeah onwards and upwards Norwich City and yeah I still think it will be the current top two that, that make it but it's not, it's not a gimme, and and as that pressure cranks up, we might see one or two creaks, but but none from Norwich. Norwich three, Birmingham one. Although the story to come out of Norwich this weekend was Hernandez and possibly his unintentional tribute to Alan Partridge. He also of Norwich fame. I looked straight at you then, Joe. I apologise. Um, if you saw in the, the Norwich program. Hernandez says, what do you love about Norwich? Do you enjoy living here? says, love the city. I like that I live next to the stadium. Next to me is a Morrison's, which is good, so I can buy food. I also had never seen an Argos before in my life. I walked inside, saw the catalogue with things you can order, bikes, TVs. We don't have this in Germany. Argos has everything, and I've never seen anything like this in my life before. Argos responded to him, and they're sending him a load of canary-coloured products and assigned... Argos catalogue. I mean, <laughs> oh, it don't get much better than that, does it? Money can't buy that. Money wouldn't want to buy that, but money can't buy that. So he's got a signed Argos catalogue. Uh, another bit of news that came out in the last 24 hours. Rotherham 2, Brentford 4, but Chris Meffin's off to Bournemouth for £12 million. <laughs> About right? He can't get a game, can he? No. Yeah, Brentford, so get, on your, get down the M3. Um, yeah, it's a good bit of business. Uh, I think they and Southampton have been looking at him for a, for a large part of the last two seasons. So, yeah, one for the future gives them nice balance. Um, certainly at Brentford, Bournemouth though, Aki's a their left footer, isn't he? So, yeah. not sure how he's going to fit into that. Maybe it's one to look at with Aki potentially moving on in in the near future because I think he's linked with a move back to a top six club quite frequently. Mm. QPR won, Preston four. All hail Preston. Yeah, all hail Preston. Yeah, well played. Yeah, it was fantastic. Their best performance of the season so far. No question about that. Ben Pearson was back in the back in the fold. I think he'd, he'd made his return from that four match ban the week before. Didn't do a lot, but by all accounts, he, he just he ran the show uh, at Loftus Road. I always think they're a better team when they've got Maguire in it as well. He's mm. he's available. So no, lots of things to like. Obviously, the the headline to come out of this was the new boy scoring. Your old mate Stockley, um, lovely curler, wasn't it, Sam? Really, mm. really, really quality goal from him. Story and Potts. Who, that 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 acquisition of Brad Potts from Barnsley sort of snuck under the radar a bit, didn't it? But earlier on in the season, I thought he scored some some great goals for Barnsley. So let's, I, I'm a big fan of Alex Neal. It, He's been really, really unlucky this season with injuries, and uh, now that he seems to have got a bit of strength together. I mean, Barkhazen was on the bench the other day, uh, and Metcher as well, the kid on loan from City, was on the bench. So he's got proper strength and depth now. I expect Preston, providing they can stay clear of injuries, to fly up the championship table. Yeah, Preston North End, 18th, now 10 off the relegation places. They'll be all right. Reading, Bolton, Ipswich still rooted to the bottom. Another defeat. For them, anyone want to pick any out from the, the bottom? Well, I wanted to have a quick word on, on Millwall just because of the the business they've done really the last week. The 1-1 draw at Borough. Yeah, just Ben Thompson coming back from Portsmouth. I know we'll go on to Portsmouth a bit later, but I mean, the outpouring of love for him from the Portsmouth fans, one of the best loan signings in recent times. And mm. went back to Mill, was on the bench first couple of games, went into the midfield at the weekend, played a 4-5-1, Neil Harris. He was the one breaking from central areas to join in with Gregory. Jed Wallace from wide does that naturally. But 
I just think it just shows you someone going down to a lower level, having a good run of games, and hopefully this is going to be the turning point in his Mill career. He's a he's a local lad, uh, and he was he was first class at the weekend. Aligned to that, Marshall Ben Marshall back from Norwich, he was massive for Millwall latter stage of last season. Yeah. I just think with those two additions, they're looking in a much better place now. Get a striker in. And I think we can stop worrying about Millwall. Nottingham Forest nil, Bristol City won. Vital win for Bristol City. I had a scouting report or such from a mate of mine who goes to all the Forest games. Um, I don't know why, because normally we converse about nights out and stag do's <laughs> and stuff like that. And on Saturday night, just out of nowhere, just a critique of O'Neill's first game. He basically said 4-4-2, massive gamble, putting Graben and, and Murphy in the same team. I don't think... Someone, I'm sure a Forest fan will correct me, that they've started a game together this season. So the way Bristol City have been setting up since I saw them against Millwall is with Marlon Pack sitting in front of the back four. So they were outnumbered in midfield for a start, played really well Bristol City, forced Forest into going very long and the ball was coming straight back, basically. So they are in a great place at the moment, Bristol yeah. City. And what they lacked a little bit, during that period of four straight defeats and that Mill game I referred to was the creativity. Now they've got Casey Palmer, who I'm a massive fan of because I've, I've watched his development at Chelsea. All the attributes, one of the, the most talented boys I've ever seen come out of that academy in recent times. Mm. It's just about polishing his defensive side of the game. And I think that's what the question mark is about his future. If he can do that, undoubtedly got the ability to be a Premier League player and he could be the difference for Bristol City in this promotion charge. Yeah, Lee Johnson's promised him a start, hasn't he? Next time out, he says he's definitely starting because he's been involved, he was involved in a goal the, the week before as well, Casey Palmer. What what they need, I think the defence is sorted. I think second best defence in the league. He's remodelled it brilliantly, uh, Lee Johnson. They need that bit of stardust, some, someone a bit unpredictable in and around Gijou, who's, who's proven to be quite a good acquisition isn't he he's a bit of a handful the big man so just they've never really replaced Bobby Reid if they do that this month I th- they've got that momentum now I think they might just be able to sneak into the playoffs interesting story I read that, that Lee Johnson's gone off to Germany this week to to Leipzig to to shadow um, is it Ralph Ragnick just uh, and he, he called it doing a bit of CPD continuous professional development it's what we do yeah. every it's, we're, we're, we're all over it aren't we yeah. here CPD is, is the way forward but I was CPR reading that, <laughs> I was reading that it, it, he's been to A&E he's been to restaurants to go behind the scenes just to learn how to handle pressure I mean it's, I'm really impressed by that because uh, he's got enough to think about with just managing a football team but that's why I said at Vital they've now got those four wins in a row and it's vital because you've got whole city improving so much and there's a big game they play um, Blackburn Rovers this weekend and those clubs that have put down runs behind them and then Derby lost one drawn lost one and Middlesbrough in there too I know you think the top two will stay as it is but who drops out then in the playoffs Middlesbrough I, I don't see Middlesbrough staying there I just I, and goal wise they're, they're, they're short aren't they so now I think I think Bristol City and Hull are the one or both might might sneak in. Um, I wouldn't be so sure on Derby, even though I, I really like what I see from Lampard. I really enjoy watching them play. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if they're as solid a team. We saw them against Leeds, didn't we? Absolutely outclassed. I think there is a bit of a gulf between the likes of Leeds and even Norwich to some degree and, and Derby. Although Derby can obviously go and beat anyone on their day. Right then, Joe Crilly from William Hill. Who goes where then? What's changed? Uh, so there hasn't been a great deal of change in the uh, promotion odds. Uh, Leeds and Norwich still odds on one to three, four to six. Uh, Sheffield United drifted from evens to eleven to ten, uh, but remaining third favourite, uh, just ahead of West Brom at six to five. Borough a three to one, Derby seven to two, and then a bit of a gap then to Aston Villa. And then if we go down to the bottom of the table, Ipswich and Bolton look doomed, one to nine and one to six to go down. Looks like a straight fight between Reading and Rotherham for the final place at four to nine and eight to eleven. Last word on West Brom back in the league. They've got uh, Middlesbrough at home. They're away to Stoke. Then Nottingham Forest at home. Then they're away to Aston Villa. Then they're away to Queens Park Rangers. And then home to Sheffield United. So if you're looking at whether West Brom will or won't stick and make the playoffs, too, all of those comes, um, games coming up looks like they've got perhaps one of the toughest run up coming up. Off to League One next. Uh, we'll find our binoculars for this one. 
Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded coupon from William Hill, available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop. Here's some questions for you from League One. Who are this Oxford United side you speak of, beating top of the table Portsmouth 2-1? Our third place Sunderland becoming draw specialist, 1-1 at Scunthorpe. And did we smell... Sp- <laughs> did we spell or smell safety too soon for Bradford City? Second bottom and 4-0 defeat at home to Southend. Defeat though two for bottom club Wimbledon, third bottom Bristol Rovers, but vital wins for Plymouth and Oxford United. Bradford City nil, Southend 4, exclamation mark, underline... Bold typeface for happy one days. Yeah, happy days for the shrimpers. You. Yeah, my former club. Um, yeah, great to see. Obviously, they're the win-lose specialists, aren't they? South End United. <laughs> so we know what's going to happen next weekend. But no, sometimes you just have a day where everything you touch turns to gold. And and this was it for South End United. The quality of all four goals was ridiculous. I mean, Simon Cox starts here with his outside of the foot, doesn't he? He just caresses it into the foot. Into the, yeah, caresses <laughs> it, parking style into that far top corner. But 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 what was fascinating about this was a couple of debutants. You had Sam Hart left wing back from Blackburn and Stephen Humphreys, who they've signed properly. He was. He's been at Scunthorpe, and he scored two great goals. So they've, they've needed to replace Tom Hopper, who was brilliant at the start of the year. He's out for the campaign, and yeah, Humphreys and Cox might, if they were, if they carry on like this, they might just fire Southend towards the playoffs. Does Chris Powell get enough credit for those injuries, those players he's had to replace? Not at all. Southend fans have been on his case. I mean, he's. He, He's very popular at Roots Hall, or has always been very popular. But but a few have been a few grumblings just at the inconsistency of the team. They're not convinced. But yeah, he's lost some great players. Hopper was a key man. Ben Coker, key man. He's centre half. He's not been able to pick for a regular centre half all season. So uh, Drew Yearwood, his, his best young player, has has been carrying injuries uh, at the start of the season anyway. So no, South End, um, that was a dream day at the office. Again, they switched Nathan Jones style to a 3-5-2. Uh, and yeah, a perfect day. Oxford United 2, Portsmouth 1. Back-to-back defeats for the leaders. There was a focus though on a, a tweet I don't know if you, mm. you saw this tweet. Uh, Carl Robinson was, was talking about the players were wound up before the game because Portsmouth decided to put out a tweet goading us, and I think that's not right. The players certainly weren't happy about it before the game. So Nathan Thompson goaded Alex Mowat when he missed the penalty, and that was obviously previous between Thompson and Oxford because oh, he's Swindon, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he went in his face and he slapped him. Mowat got sent off, and then they went, everyone looking forward to tomorrow, and posted a picture of that actual incident. Would that wind you up? Well, Carl Robinson mentioned it his first answer post-match. So obviously there Had was effect. some communication from the players to him mm. uh, the day before the game. Um, it's just a little bit foolish of the whoever's in charge of the Portsmouth account stick to putting the teams down and reporting the new signings and stuff like that. It's all got a bit stupid in my opinion. More for a little bit of um, jazz on social media, but not when it's to the detriment of your team's chances the following day. All a bit silly. You don't need to give any club the initiative. But they they perform really well, Oxford. And um, again, Carl Robinson speaking about having a squad and having players to come off the bench and influence games, which he hasn't had all season. Carruthers is back fit now. Marcus Brown and Ahmed Kashi, who was a massive player for Charlton last season. He's obviously got him in at Oxford now. Came off the bench and looked a little bit rusty, but he was a big player last year for Carl Robinson. Um, so I think he could be proved to be a good acquisition. And just for you, Caroline, Gavin White played very well by all accounts. So well done him because that would have been not a very easy day probably to go in go into for him. Mm. He would have felt under pressure. Um, difficult to cross the white line. Difficult for all manner of innuendos that I haven't got to hand, but I think he played really well. So well done. Uh, you mentioned Charlton, so let's swiftly move on. Charlton won Accrington nil. Um, a kick in the balls actually at Charlton, which is probably not the best follow-up story. Uh, but, uh, anyone that saw on social media um, may have seen the celebration when the Charlton fan comes skidding in and, and wipes out his own player. 
<laughs> yeah, brilliant. That was... Enjoyed it. It's not it never happened to me. Now, I've, yeah. I've been involved in a few good pitch invasions, not me invading, but mm. supporters coming mm. on. Um, remember a good one at Ellen Road and a good one at, at Wickham Wanderers in the rain when we were two 0 down and we come back to win three two. Mm. Got a good photo of it. So no, I, I enjoyed the odd pitch invasion when I was playing. If it was you know safety, of course in, in mind. But safety yeah, that was first. it was brilliant the other day. I mean, yeah. it looked like absolute mayhem. A lot of the Charlton players and uh, were reminded of a game against QPR when they were fighting for their championship survival I think it was when they scored late and there was a lot of needle between the two sides had everything at the end of that game against Atkinson 22 man brawl um, it was a, a grant stoppage time penalty well, yeah. the referee had a stinker didn't he let's get this right I mean the, the referee was was atrocious there. for both it, sides worse for Atkinson that is for sure I mean I didn't think either guy deserved to be sent off I mean I I studied the brawl. I kind of slow mode it, rewound it. I kind of kept looking at it. Where's the red card offence here? I didn't didn't see it. The the goalkeeper and and Lyle Taylor, they might get off of that. I don't know because they're involved in a brawl, but I don't think they did enough for a red. And and it was never a pen. He blasts it at him from a yard. I mean, come on. So that might might, um, give Charlton the boost they need, actually, that that win to, to chase down the top two. As for Accrington... Falling like a stone, they, um, they must be starting to look over their shoulders. Uh, Taylor and Max are sent off the 82nd minute, then that stoppage time penalty. Charlton are fourth level on points with Sunderland in third, Luton, Portsmouth still top, and Luton second. But it's all just closing up 57 points, 56 points, two on 53, and then Barnsley on 52. You're giving me the eye. Did you want to talk about Luton? No, I just, I just wanted to say on Charlton, really. They have to keep hold of the front two. That's a given. I think there's a lot of interest in them. Mm. Um, Bauer at the back as well. He hasn't signed a contract. Joe Rebo hasn't signed a contract. Carlin Grant as well. So if they can manage to keep hold of them somehow, I think they're looking very good, Charlton. They've got so many options, midfield options. Reeves came on at the weekend for Prattley and he was the difference. They're obviously going to lose Lyle Taylor out the weekend, so there's an opportunity for Fosu to come in, maybe Reeves from the start. Marshall they've got as well. I think they're one of the strongest-looking squads now in, in that division. Johnny Williams as well, which we've not spoken... He was brilliant again at the weekend against you, Atkinson. You get the sense, I mean, barring money, I guess, mm. but you get the sense that they want to stay and fight. Again, probably not the right expression after the weekend, but, but they seem to have that about them. There was there was some thought that Aribo was off to the Bundesliga. I know that he's got an injury at the moment, but there's interest in them. And obviously, because they're out of contract, they might have to take the, the money on, on one or two of them. You hope from a Charlton perspective that doesn't happen. I just think they've gone under the radar a little bit. Yeah. I think it's 10 wins in 14 or something I read this morning. They're in a good place right now. I was listening to 606 a few weeks back. Somebody called in, a Charlton fan, and he said despite all of the protests against the owners and all of the issues that they've had over the last few years. This guy actually said the stability that the club need right now is to keep the owners until the end of the season because the way that they're playing is that they don't need any instability to, to kind of undo don't, this don't good work. Don't interfere with what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, and then in the summer, whatever happens, happens. You but... wonder what, yeah, you wonder, turning our attention to Luton briefly, you wonder whether they're thinking along the same lines. They're not rushing into appointment, are they? It, it's Mick Harford just is letting them go. He, he, he says that himself. They're in, they're in great habits. Got a good stat on, on Luton for you. And when they go 1-0 up, which they have done in half their games this year, They've got a perfect record. 14 out of 14. Unbelievable front runners. Scored 38. Conceded 6 from 1-0. That, that, is, that is awesome. And, and, and I think that shows how ruthless they are. And again, so often when we see a manager go and, and go to a club higher up the leagues, you wonder what effect it's going to have. But Mick Harford, the perfect man yeah. to step into. That, that was the concern, wasn't it? That yeah. they were going to tail off. But Mick's a safe pair of hands. Obviously, I played for Mick. Um, he was my coach and... My manager, and do you know what he is, Mick? For that exterior, that tough man image that he's got, he loves good football and he loves players to express themselves, take people on, produce little bits of skill. Brilliant for the strikers, and obviously Collins has, has got himself free at the weekend. And that's with they're missing Hilton, Cornick, and Ollie Lee as well. So missing three main goal scorers beat um, Peter Brafornio, helped by the sending off, but. 
doesn't look like the wheels are going to come off there anytime soon. It's ominous for everyone else. And getting the good news over their stadium this week too. Good week then for Luton. Promotion chods, chods, promotion chods changed at all. No, still, uh, still Pompey, Luton, uh, the the top two in the betting. But you kind of look at. Um, the, the league table in the recent form and Pompey, Luton and, and Sunderland have been dropping points and um, they're 3-1 to one about Charlton their fifth favourites uh, for promotion 3-1 to one about Charlton getting promoted looks decent value uh, and Barnsley again hitting a bit of form they are third favourites at 8-15 to 15. So that's Charlton automatic? Uh, no, that is, that's Charlton just promotion, promotion yeah. Well, uh, yeah. They've played a, a game more haven't they than Luton and Portsmouth and still Three behind, but that momentum, the magic word that we talk about, which carries us on into League Two. Stay with us. Into League Two then. Leaders Lincoln three clear at the top, win 1-0 over Grimsby. Bury second after a 2-1 win at Forest, Bolton, Green Rovers. Return of the Mac remain in the bottom two as Yeovil keep breathing with a 2-0 defeat of Notts County, who are now seven points from safety at the bottom. Right, Newport 1, Exeter 0 is where we'll start because it's crunch time in the January transfer window so we thought we'd check in with a manager who says his phone bill is going through the roof. Newport County's Michael Flynn, they're away to Middlesbrough in the Cup this weekend. So, is he a fan of this time of year? Not really, if I'm honest. It's um, one of them where a lot of things are rushed. You get a lot of overreaction on signings. Players don't know whether they want to go on a permanent or a loan. The agents get involved, then they, you know, they probably want to get payoffs off other clubs, and you know we're not in a position to do things like that, you know, to pay over the odds. So, you know, we've we've got to have a list of targets and and keep switched on to see what else comes about. What level are you competing at? Is it is it teams in your league? Are you, are you looking into non-league football? Listen, I've got to look everywhere. I, I, I look non-league teams in League One. You, you just want to bring the bright football player into the, into the club and. You know, it's no point in bringing somebody in if they don't improve the football squad. I know you, as a club, you've got a tradition of doing well and taking players up and through. You've got one of my old lads, Robbie Wilmot from Chelmsford in, so uh, you can yeah. lend him back if you want any time. How, how is it looking <laughs> then with the, the team? Because you've got to go, try and do that bit where you don't um, unbalance the squad as well when you've got one eye on the league and, of course, still in the cup. Yeah, it is. And you can't have too many people being injured. You want to be consistent because we've got a, a small squad, so... You know, you want to keep that consistency level as in team team selection and, and you know, give yourself the best possible chance of, uh, of of going on and doing well in the league and the cup. And that tight-knit team that you've got, that, that win at the weekend, has the cup really been taking away some of the frustration from the league? Yeah, definitely. You know, it gives them something, something else to concentrate on. You know, it takes their mind off the bread and butter well, what you know of the, of the league and especially because we won on a good we haven't been on a good run lately I know you know we've won against Saturday now so you know hopefully we turn the corner in the league and we can get back at the table but you know the belief from the FA Cup result can can help um, players kick on and get that second win for them Is it lazy on my part to say that maybe it's been a bit of a distraction? Um, yes I'd say it's lazy <laughs> That's <laughs> um, right <laughs> because we, we actually should have we actually should have won the the, the three games previous to that you know I'm, I'm not I know a lot of managers say oh we should have won and I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm pretty honest when when we lose and we deserve to lose but you know we, we should have finished the, the couple of teams off before that game so you know if we would have had that eight extra points we would have been in the playoffs but that kind of seems to be these performances from you you do grind out the wins you get sometimes the narrow margins in these these wins too is that, is that conscious from you to try and keep it tight yeah, we've got to. We've got to keep solid. We've got to keep believing in what we do. And, you know, sometimes we're going to need a bit of luck as well. You know, everybody needs a bit of luck in, in, in life. And it's something that we need more than ever. And hopefully now our injury problems are, are slowly getting behind us and is allowing us to have a fully fit squad. That squad then, what are you going to say to them heading into into the FA Cup, into this game this weekend? We've got to keep them focused on on the game ahead. It's, you know, one game at a time. That's what we do here. We take it one game at a time, don't matter if it's Leicester or, or no, you know, not, not being disrespectful, crew away. We, we treat them all the same and you know, the players have got to be motivated themselves as well. Newport boss Mike Finn, good luck to them in the FA Cup. 
He says he hates the transfer window then, saying that the cup is taking their mind off the bread and butter of the league. They had a bit of a wobble, didn't they, in mm. in the league? And I love the fact that he says, I am a lazy journalist for accusing the cup for the fact that they haven't done well in, in the league. But it's because of how tight Newport County, their fine margins that, that they play with. The narrow wins, narrow defeats, the draws in there too. And, and he says it's just the way we set up. Yeah, I mean, he's got such a good reputation and we've we've spoke in such glowing terms about Newport mm. that it's gone under the radar that they've had such a, a sticky spell. So great for them to bounce back. And um, Jamal Matt, who's been really important in the last few weeks, not only in the league, but obviously in the cup, getting the winner against Exeter. I would half fancy them up there against Middlesbrough. Um, they're cup specialists. Middlesbrough are having a torrid time at home. Um, Tony Pulis was speaking the other day saying he's big enough and ugly enough to stand there and take the abuse but it's affecting the players so that is definitely one to keep an eye on for yeah, the weekend I agree and we talked about Thompson didn't we uh, doing the business for Portsmouth yeah. and going back to Millwall I wonder whether the guy they've got at Newport Antoine Semenyo yeah. uh, might just do the same Bristol City is the club he belongs to and he has been a revelation I've, I was reading some stories that Man United and Chelsea are looking at this kid on the back of his performances for Newport. So, Should it, we do what the Newport fans have been doing on social media, yeah. which is saying shh and blocking yeah. anyone that talks about him <laughs> going anywhere? Well, I think, why, why would he go anywhere now? Yeah. He, he, it's all good for his development. Even if, you're not, if, if he's going to Bristol City, great. This is better for his education. If he's going to United or Chelsea, same thing applies. Better to stay in League 2 and toughen up and get used to men's football before um, you know before he goes up a level. And you can see why Flynn and, and managers at that level do hate this time of year because you've done all that good work, that grounding and building your team and then if someone comes in, or equally if, if someone who you had your eye on then gets pinched by someone else. Macclesfield 2, Oldham 1, the headline around this one. It should be Sol Campbell, again another win, but is Paul Scholes and whether he comes into mm-hmm. Oldham or not. Well, he's an Oldham fan, isn't he? And he's always been quite vocal about that. I think he grew up last year as well. Yeah, I think he grew up in Middleton, which is kind of Oldham territory. I think he's had the experience of one or two games with Salford, and that's something that would be a conflict of interest interest if they were to be promoted for next year. So there's a lot for him to weigh up. On the face of it, he knows the game. He played in the, the area of the pitch, which I would presume is quite helpful if you want to become a manager. I always think that. I spoke about it the other day with David Priest, actually, the, the goalkeeper. It's not too many goalkeepers, centre-forwards, become successful managers. There are the, the exceptions, but, you know, central midfield player of the ilk of Paul Scholes, he'll know the game like Lampard. And um, listen, that's a bit of a madhouse, isn't it, Oldham? So... Who knows? And and I guess we're probably all not best to comment after perhaps what we, we thought might happen with Sol Campbell. Yeah, exactly. And he's proven everyone wrong. Exactly. Yeah, rookie managers can can go in and do the business, can't they? We've seen it with his contemporaries, obviously Lampard, Gerard, Sol Campbell, and the Skulls, he obviously fancies a crack at it. He's an, he was a very, very intelligent footballer. Let's not forget that. We see him on, on the telly now and he's, he's a bit spiky, isn't he? He can be a bit grumpy. But um, he understands the game. <laughs> he's worked for the best manager yeah. in history. So if he just takes a few bits out, it, it'll be of use. So no, I think he I think he might be really cut out for management, actually, because he's he, he's good at staying quiet. And I think that is a that is an attribute a lot of managers need. We saw that when he was a player. <laughs> he just barely said a word, did he, for 20 years? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he's got the tools there to, to be a, a decent number one. But whether... He can succeed at, at a club like Oldham is, is another matter. You could be a very good manager and things can still be extremely difficult to actually succeed. Is he favourite for it or we just yes. wasted three oh, yeah, years? Yeah, so yes. not, uh, well, we've not just uh, wasted there's, five there's, minutes talking about There's no betting available, so that su- suggests to me that it's uh, it's come down with news potentially imminent. I guess unbridled joy for Macclesfield in, in yet another win. Morecambe losing, Cheltenham losing, but Yeovil picking up points, Cambridge United picking up points, but they're looking to, to pick off aren't they Morecambe or, or Cheltenham? Yeah, for sure. I, just, I wanted to speak about Cambridge. Third in the form table, mm. um, 12 points from their last six games, fell behind twice at home to Northampton. When you're towards the bottom of the table and you fall behind, it, I've played in teams that have kind of crumbled a little bit. You start to feel sorry for yourself. Here we go again. 
But but Calderwood seems to have got something going there. A little bit more belief inside that Cambridge United dressing room. Uh, Giovanni Brown was the hero. Another outside of the foot finish. Um, I was looking into him. He, he came through non-league. He was at St. Neots, which is, let me tell you, it's, it's a big step up to go to Cambridge United yeah. from St. Neots. So, so well played to him. He's, he's mid-20, so he's not, not a kid. But yeah, three on the spin for Calderwood. So yeah, I'm... I'm thinking Cambridge United fans can almost rest easy now. 3-2 win then over Northampton. That all plays into the hands of Cheltenham, Macclesfield, fourth bottom against second bottom this weekend. Win that then and Macclesfield are finally, finally out the relegation places. Yeah, I mean, he's done a really good job in his, his short spell there. Looking very difficult to break down, especially when they get their noses in front in games. Uh, and obviously had to come from behind against Oldham, which is another very Oldham story, I would say, for mm. the, the recent history. Erko Vera, is that the chap's name? Involved in the build-up to the penalty, but 30 seconds in on his debut and, and cracks home uh, a penalty kick. Harry Smith with the equaliser, uh, who's had, I suppose, a bit of an up-and-down season since he joined from Millwall, but a good equaliser. And Scott Wilson, who's starting to pick up some real form with a lovely finish to give them lead. And, and you know, they're, they're looking very, very good in all departments, Macclesfield. So a complete turnaround there in comparison to Notts County, who are really in decline. And he's, it's not as if he's done nothing. I was looking at the team he picked for this first match at, at, at Colchester United, which they lost, and the team he picked this weekend. There's only five players the same. So he's building his own Macclesfield. And he, the guys that have done the business for him, Tyrone Marsh and, uh, and Wilson, they weren't really involved when he took over. They were on the fringe of the team. So he's, he's moulding it in his own way. And, and I think that in itself is a, is a real positive. And obviously Andy Cole's uh, going to rock up at, at Moss Rose for a bit of coach as well, which is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, I played with him when he was at Arsenal, believe it or not. He, he made his name at Newcastle but he was also as a youth and reserve player never made it unbelievably um, but we all, know, we all remember him he knows how, he knows where the net is uh, Talking of, of new blood into the league Stephen Presley into Carlisle and that's kind of what's helped Macclesfield their 2-0 win over Cheltenham Impressed with him coming in? Um, thoughts? Well I used to share a training ground with his Falkirk side so I used to see him about he's obviously got a great reputation as a player north of the border had a few jobs been off in Cyprus most recently managing Paphos I suppose geographically it'll suit him and he'll probably look north of the border to improve the squad what a job to take over at this point they're flying especially at home Uh, Devitt who's a big player for them again on the score sheet and Hope who Alan Hope, who's had, gone under the radar a little bit this season, but been amongst the goals, playing in a variety of positions in the last few months for John Sheridan and obviously now Stephen Presley. So who knows? On, on the face of it, it looks like Carlisle are a good shout to get themselves in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's a dream to take over a team. They are top of the form table, yeah. 22 points from the last 10. Um, I think he's lucky to get the job. I, I'm guessing he must have interviewed well, because if, when you look at his CV, it's all right. He did a, a, a solid job at Coventry in difficult circumstances when they were away from from the town or the city. Um, yeah, the rest of his CV is, is average, really, Fleetwood. Nothing special. So so he obviously spoke well, and, and we wish him well, but he's, he's inherited a good team. The one thing he did in the first game, uh, Devitt, uh, Devitt, is that how you pronounce it, Devitt, um, has been playing at number 10. He used him up front in this uh, fashionable false nine, and it worked. So um, tactical uh, decision number one, he nailed it, so that will get him on side. Uh, better results for him means that when you Google his name, Stephen Presley hair won't come up top, which it does at the moment, so he'll keep pushing for that. On to the weekend then. Said about that game between Cheltenham and Macclesfield in League Two and how key that will be. Bury against Lincoln, second V top in League Two as well. Yeah, I just wanted to say about Lincoln flexing their muscles really in the, the transfer market. Danny uh, Rowe back there from, from Ipswich and Bolger, who uh, he's got a good reputation in from Fleetwood. He started and, and great alongside Boswick in that, that derby win over Grimsby. And just ahead of the weekend, obviously the biggest game really in, in League Two against Berry, Harry Toffolo with the winner. I spent a bit of time with Harry because uh, he was on loan at Swindon from Norwich and we did a little bit in the community together. He actually, when he signed on loan from, from Norwich, he put it out there that he didn't want to go home in the afternoon and play video games and go shopping. He was 
really involved in doing stuff in the community down in Swindon, going mm. into schools and stuff like that, and in, uh, going and seeing uh, people that aren't, you know, experiencing deep, good times in their life and stuff like that. He's a really lovely lad, like not an ounce of arrogance about him. So went to Mill last year, didn't really play, but really encouraging his teammates and always active on social media if they had a good result. Found himself at Lincoln now, but he's one that I'm really hopeful we can get back to a good level because he's a lovely lad. You always get the impression that Danny Cowley wants characters mm. too in his, his team. League One, Portsmouth are in the FA Cup against QPR. Wimbledon have got West Ham. Wickham take on Plymouth South End, play Luton. So that one will be interesting. A tough one for Luton to go to South End, but they'll take mm. a few there. Mm. No doubt in the Championship, Villa Ipswich, uh, Blackburn Hull, both on 40, both hoping for the, the playoffs. Norwich, Sheffield United, big test, I guess, of, of both promotion credentials. Well, this is the one, isn't it? Norwich City against Sheffield United. Yeah, can't, I can't wait to to see this one. It's uh, Yeah, I think it'd be a fantastic match to watch because Norwich uh, are playing with such such confidence. They'd be on. I'd imagine they'd be on the front foot, but but Sheffield United won't go there and and want to want to sit back. They want to play their football, won't they? So so I think this could be a really beautiful match to watch. I don't know which which way I'd favour. I think having watched the Norwich game the other night against Birmingham, I, I would I would lean towards them. They, yeah, this this is the time to really go through the gears, and if they can go and beat Sheffield United. Maybe uh, get your money on Norwich to to go up in the top two. Any others, Joe, Sam, you want to point out? Uh, I'll put myself under pressure and tell you next Tuesday morning I'm going to give you an unbelievable critique of uh, Barnet-Brentford on Monday night, next Monday. So looking forward to that one. Darren Curry. Which is good because Martin Allen's in presenting the show because I'm off to the Super Bowl. Is he? Yeah. He's presenting the show. Can you imagine if that happens? Can we make that happen now? (laughs) Can we make that happen? Uh, have a lovely week everyone thank you to Joe Crilly to Sam Parkin to Adrian Clark and thank you to you too if there is anything you want to talk about you can get in touch at The Totally Show bye bye you've been listening to The Totally Football League Show a Muddy Knees Media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts Spotify Audio Boom and everywhere else you get your audio on demand Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life really, and here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK, so that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.